This is Terry Howell from the Talk Back Fans Podcast, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show with the incomparable host, Greg Rempe. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show, a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the social distancing capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. We're ready. Fun and frivolity about everybody. If you want to jump in on the show tonight via phone call or email, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 11 to 12 minutes from now. It is the second Tuesday of a month, and we know what that means, the second Tuesday of a month. Brings a visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Plenty to talk about with Meathead, not the least of which is we are going to refresh on a couple of items, which is resting steak. Should you do that? Should you not do that? Is there any science behind why you would or would not want to do that? Also, how that relates to or doesn't relate to resting brisket. Difference between resting steaks, difference between resting brisket. Resting? Resting briskets, obviously two different finished temperatures, all that stuff. We'll talk to Meathead about it. We'll answer your questions if you want. No problem. Shoot them to me through the emails, or you can phone them in, 216-220-0966. Then we will move to the second hour, because Meathead takes the first hour, and we will be joined by first-timers to the show. Names are easy enough to remember. I have a John, and I have a John. Those are John McLemore's, John 1 and John 2, the masters of smoke from first-timers of the show, Masterbuilt. You've heard of Masterbuilt, haven't you? One of the biggest names in the live fire industry. And since it's their first time, we'll talk to them about the beginnings of a humble, I think which was them, a uh, M&M welding or fabrication or something like that, and then growing into... Maybe, I, I might have that totally wrong. might not be Eminem at all. But eventually growing into Masterbuilt. And then, having been founded in 1973, I mean, we're 46 years into, 47 years into a grill building career. 
quite an accomplishment. So we'll talk to them about evolving. And then, of course, the uh, mainstay will be about that new 560 gravity fed cooker that we have been seeing and hearing about here for the last handful of months. So that's what you have lined up for you this evening. 216-220-0966. If you want to call Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. If you want to email instead of call, don't forget you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, blah, blah, blah. You can see the crawl right here. That's all the stuff you want to find out right there. And uh, 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 what was the other thing? Well, I can't remember. Now, needless to say, as we look back at last week's show, needless to say, the Sam the Cooking Guy segment far and away blew everything out of the water in recent memory. Everybody chiming in on the segments from last week. Some of the most downloaded shows ever, by the way. And I only look at one thing, which is a week out or release to a week out. And easily some of the most downloaded shows ever. So let's go ahead and raise our Coke Coke snorting straws together and blast some rails in salute to Sam the Cooking Guy. And we thank him for his brutal honesty, by the way. Also, here's a weird thing. You know, I never want to assume that people know things that I know. And that leads to people feeling bad on both sides, not setting proper expectations. I talked about that with Mike Lang last week, actually, not setting the proper expectations. And I mentioned at the top of the second hour last week that Digital Hospitality did an interview with me, a podcast. And what I realize is this, just because I know how to find every podcast ever made by anyone doesn't mean that you do. There are recurring guests on this show, uh, not the one that's coming up, but there are other recurring guests on the show that have no idea how to find and subscribe to this show or other shows in general. So if that's the case, I have to then assume that there are plenty of you out there that are in the same boat. So let me fix that right now. This is me trying to bring value to you, my listening audience. I assume from a device standpoint, you either have an Apple product or an Android product. If you still have a BlackBerry and you use it by choice, move out of the country immediately. Now, on your phone, there's a podcast app or application on your iDevice. It's called Podcast. It's purple in color. has a little microphone logo on it. Click that. Then, at the very bottom right, there's a little search or magnifying icon. Click that, and then type the BBQ Central Show in the search field. It should really start to auto-populate just with the and BBQ. And then click on the Barbecue Central Show logo when you see it. Once you click on that, there will be a subscribe button. Click the subscribe button. Congratulations, you've just subscribed to the show. Now, whenever there is something new in the feed, perhaps Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you'll get an alert letting you know there is new stuff to listen to. Alternatively, if you don't want to use the native podcast app on your phone, you can go right to your app store. Now, if you don't know what the app store is, we're really in a crossroads here. We're not going to meet, but I'm going to assume that you know where the app store is because that's how you get all your stupid games that you waste your time on. So go to the podcast store 
and find this specific app, Google Podcasts. Now, assuming that you have a Gmail account, well, sorry, uh, go and download Google Podcasts, then launch it. It'll ask you to sign in. I'm going to assume that you have a Gmail address already. Use those credentials to sign in for the first time. Then you're good to go after that. You don't have to continue to sign in. And once at the main page, do the same thing. Find the search icon. This time, it's in the bottom middle of the Google Podcasts page and type in the same thing. The BBQ Central Show. You'll see it come up. You'll see the logo of the show. Click on that. Then there'll also be a subscribe button right there. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And now you've gone ahead and subscribed to the show through Google Podcasts. If I might ask, in a humble opinion, if you have an iPhone, please subscribe to the show on the iPhone. Then download Google Podcasts and subscribe to the show on Google Podcasts. Let's do it, baby. Double the podcast. Let's stack those numbers. Let's lie like all the other podcasts lie about their numbers. So here's what I'm telling you. For sake of ease, regardless of what operating system, just go ahead and get on Google Podcasts, regardless of the operating system that you use. It'll be easier that way. Now you can find cool podcasts to listen to. There's plenty of barbecue-related ones. As we know, most of them suck. And there are thousands of other podcasts of all varying types and topics and arrangements and qualities and settings. You couldn't possibly, even in this time of quarantine, when all you have is time on your hands, that's all you have, you couldn't possibly make it all the way through every single podcast. It'll take you... At least two years to get through the outstanding podcast archives of this show alone. And I only have three. The host that I use only allows me to put 300 episodes in my feed. But I've been doing this show since 20, 2008 is what I'm trying to. Even before that. I mean, you have plenty of time here. Oh, my goodness. What am I saying? So, again, I don't want to assume that everybody knew how to get the show because some people are telling me. It's so hard to, how do you find your show? Well, to me, it's really easy, but I have the podcast, so I guess it would be easy for me since I have to make that particular file available and go ahead and put it up there for you guys to get. So if you never knew how to do it, now you know. By the way, if you like the new stream, you're welcome. I look great. A lot of you already commenting on how I've undyed my hair just from one week. Uh-oh. I didn't dye my hair. Now you can tell. I'm broadcasting in luscious 720 high definition. <laughs> All right, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers before we get to Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Here's what we know about Big Pops: 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. Sterling, of course, one of the most prolific competition cooks out there on the circuit today. Well, not literally today, but whenever that resumes, he'll be back into it. So if you're looking for some great rubs to step up the barbecue and grilling game or perhaps add a little more flavor to what you're doing in the kitchen, I use all of my Big Papa rubs in the kitchen all the time. There's some great flavors, real popular ones like Sweet Money or Regular Money. I like Double Secret Steak Rub for my steaks and beef. 
How about Cash Cow? That's got a great beef flavor to it. All available over at BigPapaSmokers.com. Now, do you want to find a new barbecue sauce? Are you sick of what's currently out there? You don't like what's available at the grocery stores? Might I suggest the other one that Big Papa owns? That's called Granny's Barbecue Sauce. It's got a powerful flavor. It reminds you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. We all need that from time to time. Aside from the rubs and sauces, they're selling cookers. That's right. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill is a one. That's one you want to look at. Uh, Meathead uses the Mac 2-Star General Pellet. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer online. Nobody else can offer the packages that they offer. If you're not a fan of the pellet smoker, try the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trail. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them already. 877-828-0727. Ask all the questions, and they will make sure that you're outfitted with exactly what you need. Once again, shop the website, bigpapasmokers.com, B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, smokers.com, or call them 877-828-0727. Meathead is coming up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue. Makers of award-winning injections and marinades and rubs and seasonings and barbecue sauces and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit butcherbbq.com to stock up now. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, joining me now, the second Tuesday of the month, linchpin of this show. We race to the hotline and welcome back, friend of the show. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead. Hey, Greg. How are you and the rest of the Centralites? We are absolutely. How's your temperature tonight? Uh, well, you tell me. What am I registering at right now? <laughs> Man, is that a uh, one of those thermal uh, thermal pistol temperature readers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I use please. this for uh, my, uh, my uh, pizza oven. Oh, so you can get the temperature of the stone, as it were. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and it's 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 a, uh, and I also use it for uh, finding leaks around my windows. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a yeah, pretty good idea. Where they, yeah. Oh, this, this it, for for people who aren't getting the video feed, I've got a a, a ThermalWorks uh, infrared gun. Um, they're not good for measuring food temperatures because uh-huh. they just measure surface temperature, and they're not very good for measuring. Uh, shiny surfaces like stainless steel grills but uh, they're good for cast iron pans and pizza stones and they're really good if you're a pizza fanatic is the shiny because it reflects or what yeah hmm. it so you, reflects. you can't get a an accurate temperature if it reflects very well right uh-huh right interesting to know so if you have one of those and yeah. you have a shiny surface don't be looking for accurate 
Don't be. I think I just tore up the English. Don't look for accurate temperature. Uh, Meathead, uh, give us an idea here. I mean, you are the expert when it comes to everything. When are we going to be done with coronavirus? Let's go. Let's get right to it. Oh, dear, dear. You, you really are going to ask me this? I, I, of course. I, I am not Dr. Fauci. I don't know. Um, but I do know this. There's 327 million people in this country, uh-huh. and none of us have immuni- immunity. Um, half a million people, they say, have it, which means there's probably another half a million that we don't know about. And so maybe they have immunity, which means 326 million people don't have immunity. So the virus has plenty of food out there, and I don't know how long it'll take for it to munch its way through um, until they get a vaccine, which will make us um, immune, or a treatment, which will make sick people get well before they die. I don't know how long either of those will happen, but uh, they take time. So uh, I'm not... uh, I'm not expecting to get out of the house anytime soon for an old fart with uh, underlying conditions, mm. as they say. That's right. I'm uh, I'm in for the long haul. All right. Well, you stay put. Now, let me ask you this question before we get into the topics of the evening here. I have been asking my content creator pals that at the start mm-hmm. of this, so let's call the start of this March 14th, March 15th, per se. Have you noticed? Ides of March. Right. Have you noticed an appreciable page view increase or uh, interaction on the website than you have over the past six months and 10 months or even up to a year? Yeah. All food and culinary websites are up significantly. Um, People are at home. Uh, They have more time on their hands. The restaurants are closed. They're cooking. Uh, They're looking for recipes. Uh, It is warming up in the frozen north above the Mason-Dixon line. Um, barbecue is, uh, starting to take off. Um, our website is up 78% for the first two weeks of April. Wow. It was up 50% for March. Um, I don't know where the ceiling is. Um, and, uh, I was, uh, interviewed by, uh, Christopher Kimball the other day from Milk Street about steaks, uh-huh. which is a topic we're going to talk about tonight. And, uh, he and I talked about steaks for his podcast. And uh, he says his website's up about 80 to 100%. Wow. Um, I um, was also in communication with Sam Sifton at the New York Times, and they said their recipe site is through the roof. So um, all of us are, uh, uh, are benefiting while uh, so many others are suffering. Does that uh, worry you to any degree that when things start to go back to normal that there might be some level of correction, or are you just happy to, to get the increase oh, yeah. knowing I'm, that going in that there'll probably be some type of a vacuum up? I'm sure there'll be a correction, but I'm sure also one of the few benefits to this thing is that so many more people are going to learn to cook. Um, you know, there was a revolution in cooking in this country when the Food Network first appeared on television, mm. and all of a sudden people could learn to cook. They could watch TV. They learned about things like seasoning and uh, salt and temperature. I mean, uh, the people I know people who still don't cook, who can't cook, who absolutely love watching the Food Network. Um, it has elevated, and I think this is going to have a similar effect. I think many people are now learning to cook and they're uh, they're forced to learn to cook um since this first hit tonight for the first time we ordered out from uh, a neighborhood restaurant that we love we wanted to support 
So we spent 45 bucks on two big plates of pasta. Mm. Um, a lot of money, but, um, you know, you got to support our friends in the restaurant business. Um, but uh, I think it's, it's it, our website will probably level off on the downside once people get back into going back to restaurants. But I think it's going to have a long-lasting effect. All right, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit of beef and steak and bigger cuts like brisket and all that stuff. So uh, one of my favorite things to eat is steak. Perhaps my favorite thing to eat is steak, although I would say pizza probably gives it a good run for the money. Maybe pizza because really even the worst pizza is still really good pizza, but steaks are great. Absolutely. There's no doubt. So, How did pizza get a reputation as junk food? I don't know. I mean, Maybe because there's so much the bread and bread stuff. And yes. Vegetables. Right. And it's got all kinds of great stuff on it. Some people, Meathead, I don't know if you can believe this or not, but some people have been known to put pineapple on pizza. How about that? <laughs> you know that? Hey, um, not me. I love I love me my pineapple, but I don't put it on pizza. I married really? Italian American. She'd probably kill me if I did that. No, I'm ha- I'm I'm like a quarter Italian, and I don't think there's any rules for pizza. You put whatever the hell you no. want on pizza. Sure, why not? Why? I mean, why no, should I've had dessert if you, pizzas? If you like pineapple on pizza, why shouldn't you like it? Or ham and pineapple on pizza, or just pineapple and cheese? Why not? I went to a one of the great Neapolitan pizza places in Chicago, where they actually have rules about what you can do with a pizza what? if you're going to get the Neapolitan certificate. Oh yeah, the Neapolitan. There's a certificate that you have to, um, and you have to use exactly double zero flour and you've got to do this and that and the other thing and he makes a dessert pizza with mm. nutella on it it's wonderful all right uh, i'm not a nutella fan but that's all right uh, but if that's what you want to put on a pizza fine i don't care but mm-hmm. no rules right meat had no rules in two places in no the house rules in the kitchen or the right. bedroom that's like right. we like to say that's right all right so a while back we had initially talked about cooking steaks specifically Letting mm-hmm. the meat we've talked about it before. Right, letting the meat rest is one of the other things we've talked about after you're done at the grill. Mm-hmm. There were more than a handful of big name chefs on television at the time that were all repeating the same thing. Resting your meat after the cook, essential to a great steak because it allowed the juices to quote unquote redistribute back into the meat as a whole, giving you a juicier steak to enjoy. Now recently, friend of show, by the way. Uh, and and uh, 40th birthday uh, achiever tonight, Jess Priles, did a YouTube video on resting the meat and why it's the most crucial thing you can do in the steak cooking process. Did you happen to have a chance to review that? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jess Priles. She sure. loves to cook. She knows how to cook. Um, and uh, I would never have guessed she's 40. Um, she's uh, a... a, a a real asset to the barbecue community. But I happen to disagree with her on resting. But I happen to be, I think, in a very small minority who is not a fan of resting. And I think the total number in that minority is one. I am just you, Yeah, I may be the only one out there, but um, I can explain why. Well, please, this is why we have you on. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, Well, good night, everybody. That's it. Um, yeah, really? <laughs> you might as well take a nap. Here he goes. Wind him up. Turn him loose. Um, there has never been research that proves that it does what people say it does. Now, we occasionally consult with 
scientists. You have heard me mention Professor Blonder at Boston University. We also work with a guy named uh, Professor Anthony Mata. Uh, he uh, works at uh, Oklahoma State. He's a beef scientist, um, and I talk with him frequently. And I actually hired him to go out and spend whatever time was necessary in the libraries, on the microfilm, talking to anybody. Can you find me one research paper that talks about what happens when you rest meat? There's nothing out there. Nobody has actually done the science on it. Now, there's been a number of kitchen experiments. Cooks Illustrated did it. Um, uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt did some. Uh, uh, Chef Blumenthal did some. Um, and, there, and, 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 and Professor Blonder and I have done some. And so there's some, some non-really scientific research on it. But there has never been proven, and it's hard to prove, um, what the benefits or the lack of benefits are um, f to resting meat. Those who advocate resting meat say primarily, there are several explanations. Some people say it makes it more tender. Um, some people say it makes it more juicy. Those are the two most common explanations. Tenderness, we can, we can dismiss fairly quickly. And I know Jess seems to think that it makes it more tender. She says she can feel the difference. Um, I would challenge her and, you know, to get together a group of uh, people and uh, do a blind tasting. Tenderness in beef is usually caused by a few things. Heat makes meat tender. Time makes meat tender, that is time in under heat, and enzymes meet meat tender. It's the action of those things on the connective tissues, the proteins, the sheathing around the fibers that breaks them down that makes them tender. Resting the meat after it comes off the heat has none of those elements in it. In fact, you're cooling the meat, you're not heating the meat. So there's, and the, the enzymes, the calpanes and cathepsins, which are tenderizers, tend to work at temperatures below 120. So if you're cooking a medium rare, they've already done their, their thing. Um, they're, not, they're no longer functioning. So there shouldn't be, theoretically, and I've tried to taste it, and I cannot find a difference. I've done side-by-side -side tastings. I cannot, in a blind tasting, um, identify which is more tender. So I want to dismiss that one pretty much off the top. Although Jess says she can, she can tend, to, she can detect that. The juiciness argument Meathead, is the me, one we hear me, most uh, common. Let me interrupt just for a second. So are we saying that when she when she says she can tell a difference, this is just her experience alone? There's nothing else that we can point. I'd to, like to, to know more about how she tasted it. All right. I mean, was it a blind tasting where they served to her by a third party in two samples? You got a 50-50 chance of getting it right. Or did she just sit down at dinner and taste two pieces of steak? One was rested, one was not, and say, oh, this one's more tender. I mean, now we have plenty of opportunity for confirmation bias, which is it means if you go in with an attitude, you're going to come out with the same attitude. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so... Uh, if she actually did blind tasting and she did multiple repetitions, her husband or somebody else served her the samples and it was, you know, more than just two, maybe three or four samples. And, uh, you know, then and, and she she nailed them. Then I concede. Um, or if she actually got 30 people, 50 people, 100 people and asked them, then that's data. Um, I don't know. I don't know how she did it. She says she can tell there's a difference. 
I know that the ideas which I'm going to share here tonight, I've documented on AmazingRibs.com in an article on resting meat, and we can. I'm going to talk some about the the other argument that is the most common argument, and that is juiciness. Um, uh, there are a number of factors that contribute to juiciness in meat. Um, free water is the most predominant. Um, meat is about 70% water. Um, there's also some water bound up with the proteins. They're stuck together and they're not free. Um, uh, there's melting fat makes things feel juicy. Collagen that's, or connective tissues that are gelatinized makes things feel juicy. And also saliva makes things feel juicy. Huh. When you are turned on by a piece of food, like a sizzling steak, you generate saliva. And that saliva, it can be quite a lot. That saliva contributes to the juiciness experience. Um, there are a lot of other things that can be factors. When you cook a steak, a lot of water, water is lost in the cooking process. Um, both evaporation and drip loss. And fat melts off too. Um, how, what temperature you cook at, how you cook. Um, uh, also, the, the, there are factors like the breed of the animal contributes to juiciness. How is it packaged? Was it frozen? Um, how is it stored? What did it, was it fed? How was it slaughtered? Uh, was it cooked with a fat cap on? Was it brined or salted? Um, and, and, and so on. So there's a lot of factors that contribute to the juiciness sensation. Um, there's been some really interesting kitchen experiments that focus on the water, and that is they'll take a steak or a pork loin, and they'll do, cook two of them, and they'll cut one up and collect the juices, and then they'll let one rest, cut it up, and collect the juices, and measure them in some fashion. Mm -hmm. um, one technique is to weigh them. Um, uh, one technique is to uh, try to collect them and measure them by volume. And almost all of those tests, the water tests, have shown that the there is a slight difference um, that if you let it rest, there is slightly less water loss, but it's a very small amount. Um, uh, Professor Blonder did the test for us, and on a 13 and a half ounce steak, um, there was a five milligram difference um, over 30 minutes of resting. Wow. So really a statistically insignificant amount. Um, and when you consider that we're dealing with an, an eight ounce steak is six ounces of water, um, uh, just a few milligrams is not going to make a big difference in what you taste. The other thing is, is have you ever seen someone finish a steak and send a plate back to the kitchen with juices running around on that plate? Not typically. No. I mean, if, no. I mean, if there are juices coming out of the steak, they mop it up with what's on the end of the fork or it goes into the mashed potatoes. So nothing is lost. Um, and 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 the, and the meat will soak it right back up. We know that for a fact. That's easy to see. I mean, you, you've done it yourself. I mean, when I'm done with my plate, my plate is dry. There's no juice running around on there. I mop it all up. Um, so the idea that let me let me ask a question resting, here, Peter. Let me interrupt just for a second. Yeah. So 
can we at all surmise, deduce, or whatever word you want to use, that if you uh, cook the steak, you let it rest for 10 minutes, or 12 minutes, and you mm-hmm. cook another steak the same way, and you cut right into it, that the steak that has rested for 10, 12, 15 minutes as you bite into it will be noticeably juicier than the one that is fresh off the grill that you cut into it. Because I think ultimately that's where that's what we're trying to find out. Is the steak that rests juicier than the one that doesn't? I've never done a good blind tasting with a statistically significant panel, 7, 10, 20 tasters, to see if they can find the difference. But we have measured the juiciness loss, and the juice loss is very, very minor. So I shouldn't think there would be a difference, and I've never seen anyone do, do that test. And I, my, my, my theory is, and I think this is a good one, is that don't discount the value of saliva. That when you bring a sizzling hot steak in from the grill or out of the pan, that is really going to get your juices flowing more than a steak that's been sitting around for five or ten minutes. Mm. And, I mean, sizzling, we know, it, 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 it trips the wires. It gets us going. Um, the other thing is, is many of these taste tests, uh, not taste the water loss tests involve, and this is what Kenji did. Um, you take a steak, and he put it down, and then he did what, Jess did this in her video, sliced it into 10, ten differences. Well, that's okay if you're feeding a six-year-old. You know, you cut, you sit them down and you cut up their steak. But when I eat a steak, I put it on my plate, I cut off an edge, I chew it, I take a sip of wine, I get some green beans, I get some potatoes, I have some conversation, I go back and cut another piece. So I'm not going to get even that four or five milligram difference. It's not, I mean, it's rested. Five minutes was what Kenji came up with for the statistically significant difference. Uh, it's it's resting on your plate. It's resting there. Bring in the steak from the grill. By the time you get it off the grill, on the platter, bring it in, dish it out. That's three, four minutes right there. People get into it. Serve hot food. Hmm. There you go. All right. Uh, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com is joining us right here on this show. And I'm going to put you on hold just for a moment, Meathead, and then we'll come back. Uh-huh. And then we can talk about the whole difference between uh, you know resting the brisket versus resting the steak, because I think yes. that's another thing yeah. that we want to talk Big about difference. here. All right, so uh, stand by, or we're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, and we'll be right back with him. But first, I will talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. The new stuff is coming. According to Bob Trudnack from the Barbecue Guru, two new controllers that are coming out. Uh, the one that's replacing the Party Q is called the DynaQ. The one that's replacing the CyberQ uh, Cloud is the uh, Ultra Q. That's right. So, depending on what kind of a level of tech you want or how much money you want to spend, that might help you decide. Again, Party Q being replaced with the DynaQ and CyberQ Cloud being replaced by the Ultra Q. Go to bbqguru.com, check them out, see which one might fit your cooker the best, and you can go and purchase from there. If they're not shipping out now, and I believe the 
Dynacues were supposed to be potentially shipping out this week, and then the Ultra Qs a week or so after that. So if they're not shipping out immediately right now, it will be shortly. If you have any questions, go ahead and get in touch with them through the website, bbqguru.com, or call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And aside from the automatic temperature control devices, They have a number of accessories to make your barbecue grilling life easier. They also offer a couple different cookers. The Monolith, which is that big ceramic cooker that's got the built-in power draft fan already into it. So if you have a controller, you just hook the controller right up to the fan and away you go. And they also have the Shotgun Cooker, which is a very uh, hugely insulated cooker. Holds a ton of meat. And obviously compatible with all of the Barbecue Guru temperature control devices. So check them out over on the web, bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. Or call them 800-288-GURU and ask them all your questions. And away you go. We're back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. Be right back. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookingPellets.com. If you have a pellet-driven cooker, this is the pellet you want to get. CookingPellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N. CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet cookers. You don't want to buy from cookingpellets.com for any reason. You can go to amazon.com and buy from there as well. All right. Here we go. Hey, I'm uh, I'm psyched to see these new gurus. Uh, have you been approached to do any review by them or anything? Uh, we've arranged to get a sample sent to our uh, electrical engineer who tests our thermometers and thermostats and... Uh, that's being that's being arranged as we speak but uh i mean these guys pioneered the uh uh thermostat for charcoal and uh now they got competition there's a dozen or so out there boy everybody's making one but i figure they got to run a head start if they've got a new generation i'll bet it's good yeah uh, ultra q and dyna q if you're into that we're talking with meathead from amazingribs.com all right meathead so uh, the other item that i wanted to talk to you about or, or get uh get the specifics on again we talk about resting meat uh, from a steak perspective it's you know 18 ounces 20 ounces if you go to a big uh, steak restaurant maybe get into the 46 ounces i mean who knows what's going a big steak but then we also have on the other side of this uh the rest when it comes to let's use brisket Uh for instance but this is a totally Uh different item when we talk about resting something like a brisket that's taken to the temperature of 205, 210, 211, whatever mm-hmm. your target temperature mm-hmm. is. So talk to us a little mm-hmm. bit about what the difference is and why that is a difference. Um, well, we're, when we cook a steak, we're normally, if we're going for medium rare, we're cooking it to 130 to 135 degrees, maybe as low as 125. Cooking a brisket, we're going 190, 195. Most folks are going 200 to 205. There's a big difference between 120 130 and 205, 75 degree difference. Um, uh, this is not 
entirely different process, entirely different um, uh, physics and chemistry going on here. What we're doing when we're cooking a brisket is that long, slow 12-hour cook is designed to melt connective tissue, to melt fat, and to give us juiciness from them more so than from water. There's a lot of water loss when you cook a brisket. You know it shrinks quite a bit. It can be 20 to 30%. Um, that's possibly um, half the water volume. So what we're doing is we're trading in the water juiciness for the fat and, and, and collagen juiciness. And that's the whole process of these big tough cuts, low and slow. And when you take them out at 203, 205, most really good cooks will wrap it up and pop it into a cambro or a beer cooler, which we call a, a faux cambro, and let it sit there and it slowly cools. Well, during that process, there's carryover cooking. Carryover cooking, let, we, let me just give you the short version. And this also happens with steaks, and it's a problem with resting a steak. And by the way, I call when you cook a brisket to 203 or so, and then you put it in a cooler, I call that holding it All right. rather than resting it. It's a, it's a, it's a small, it's a personal choice of words, um, but I'd like to see more people adapt it because it's a very different concept and process, resting a steak and holding a brisket. So you're holding it. Um, the carryover cooking process is hot air cooks the outside of the meat, but it doesn't penetrate the meat. It's the outside of the meat that builds up heat, holds that heat as in, in, in the form of energy, and it pushes that heat down into the center of the meat, and it cooks the center of the meat. So when you take meat off the heat, it will still continue to cook because the exterior of the meat is hot, hotter than the air. Some of that will bleed off into the air. Some of it will continue to press down. Now, that is one of the downsides of resting a steak. If you take to 130 and you let it rest for five or 10 minutes, it's going to continue to cook and it's going to raise its temperature five to 10 degrees, depending on the thickness and how long you rest it. And that's a hazard. And so that's another reason why I'm not a fan of resting a steak. Um, and one of the things I noticed in Jess's video, she tried to show us two steaks that she cooked side by, uh, side by side, one rested and one not. And she showed that the one that had not rested had more juice on the surface, um, which I just don't see why that matters. So there's, there's juice on the surface. Put it in your mouth. It's in your mouth. It's just as juicy. Who cares? If it's on the table, that makes a difference. But there was no noticeable difference on the table. And we've told you about the, the experiments that show that it's a very small difference. The other thing I thought I saw in that video was, is the one that was not rested was rarer looking than the one that was rested. Right. And that's because she rested it. She put it under aluminum foil, which is a dome. She trapped heat, and the one that rested continued to cook. And it might have overcooked. It was definitely more cooked than the one that was not um, rested. So that's a, that's, a, that's a trip hazard. There's another trip hazard, too. Fat. Fat, when it cools, gets waxy. When it's hot, is very juicy. So again, I don't want to let my 
um, steak, especially a heavily marbled steak like a prime or wagyu steak, which has a lot of marbling, it can be 10%, 20% or so of fat. Now it's going to start hardening and getting waxy, and then you're crust. You work hard, you maybe do a reverse sear to get a good hard crust, or on a poultry to get a crisp skin, and then you let it sit around, and it steams, and the skin gets soft. Yeah. So these are more reasons why I don't want to, on things under 165, don't want to rest. But on the brisket, yes, that over that, that, that carryover cooking, it, it doesn't continue to go up much because it can't go beyond 212. 212 is the boiling temperature right, of water. Right. So you cook it up to 203, um, as when you take it out, it might inch up another two or three degrees, but then it starts to drop. But it's still at a high temperature, so it's still melting fat and connective tissue, and that's good. We want that. And uh, um, you, you, there's a, 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 some conventional wisdom that says that around 145, 150, 160 is when it really starts to hit its peak. And I've had something similar experience. Again, though, I've never seen the hard research on it. All right, so here's what we can surmise out of all this talk. As much as we would like to put a finger one way or the other on resting steak and is it juicy and is it tender, there's no definitive research tests or controllables that we can point to that says one way or the other, this is what happens. Correct? No, and and, and a few years ago when my business was really rocking, um, I offered – to underwrite a research project at Texas Tech. I offered them 50 grand um, and it never got done um, to do that research. And since then, um, for a variety of reasons, I don't have that kind of money. Um, but um, you know, if, 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 if business continues to boom as it is right now, maybe I can do it again. Hmm. And they just, I would they love just, to see. They just fell off the table, like no interest, or they never got back to you. Yeah, that, well, there was. You got to find somebody to do the project, and usually that means a grad student. And if there's no grad student interested, if they're interested in something else, they, you know, they they choose their grad their project. Um, uh, then it doesn't get doesn't get done. I've also talked to University of Minnesota uh, Meat Department. They seem to be real interested, but I, I haven't seen anything come of that either. All right. Uh, the other thing. We do want to point out that as we're talking about, especially in the briskets, uh, this would apply to pork butts as well, that when we're talking about collagens breaking down, uh, when we talk about fat caps and all this stuff, uh, fat is not going through the meat on the top side and coming out on the bottom side. uh, Nothing like that. There's no uh, fat penetration, as it were. No, and and that's another aspect of this whole process. Jess shows a sponge, and she, she fills the sponge with water, and then squeezes it, and the water all comes to the surface. Uh, and then she lets it go and says, when you let it go, all the water goes back in. That's not what happens to meat. When meat gets hot, it does shrink, and that water comes to the surface, and it drips off. And if you've cooked a steak, especially if you've cooked it hot, you can see the water pooling on the surface. Um, you can see the juices pulling on the surface. When, when you take it off and let it cool, it doesn't go back in. Um, there's no place for it to go. Um, and, and the interior of the meat is not a super highway. There's no 
tubes or channels. There's fibers, but the juices are trapped in the fibers, in between the fibers, and connected to the proteins. So there's not a lot of movement of water down in there. And let's not forget, you cannot compress water with pressure. Water might expand or contract with heat and cold, but you cannot compress water. I mean, you can take a, a gallon bucket of water and put a piston on top and press down all you want. You can't compress it. Right. Plus, it's just going to go everywhere if you do that. Yeah. Hey, uh, I meant to ask you at the top when we were talking about the uh, the health crisis that you're in. Is this going to affect your meetup at all that you had planned for July at yeah. this point? Are you still is that canceled? Or are well, you still on the on the lookout? Canceled. We haven't canceled it yet. We're we're going to wait till June. Um, but um, I'm not optimistic. We've been in touch with people who uh, have registered and offered them refunds and. Uh, you know, we were we were careful not to spend any of the deposit money, so we have it all. You know, uh, it's not an escrow account, but it's all set aside. And um, if we have to cancel, we are in a position to offer complete refunds um, to everybody. Um, and we've already blocked out time in June 21, 2021 at the Peabody, and we're we're set to go again if we have to in june if we're back up to speed in june you know that's a long way off that's more than a year away but it is conceivable that um uh, you know we won't have uh, herd immunity then and we may not have a cure or a vaccine and who knows um uh, so uh you know all public events of this sort for this summer anybody who's hoping that we're going to have college football or nfl football on schedule this fall I think is just hoping against hope. NFL football. I was hoping for a major league baseball season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I know, but you know, this is just me. I mean, I just, I, I, I've, I've read up as much as anybody else. Um, uh, I, I don't have any degree of expertise, but I, you know, I do understand a little bit about how the process works, and you just don't say, you know, Eureka, we've got a vaccine. Let's give it to everybody. You got to test it to make sure that it doesn't grow a a third year, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't want third years with vaccines. That would be really bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything else before I let you go tonight, Meathead? Oh no, and, and I I hope I, I told Jess we would be talking about this tonight because um, I I consider her a, a, an important person, and uh, I I didn't I hope she's not uh, uh, offended, but I I just I disagree. And, and frankly, I think 99% of the chefs in the world disagree with me. I just happen to think, um, as anybody who knows me and knows our website as you do, I just don't accept anything um, at face value without saying, show me, prove it to me. And I just don't see the proof on this one. And uh, But, but you're, you're at, your position is face value, though, just to clear, just to clear yeah, that I up, mean, too, I'm, right? Yeah, I could be... I could be wrong. There's, I, I'm not sitting here saying I have hard facts, hard proof. I, I do have some evidence. but yeah, Everybody's casting like opinions to... right now, and that's all we know right now because we can't go, yeah, we can't show anything I, as being I, proof. No, I just think, you know, the, the science that I'm using to back up my opinion is a little more solid than most people. All right. Uh, you can find Meathead at AmazingRibs.com. Everybody's going there right now as they are... Uh, biding their time, waiting to get back to normal. So be like everybody else. Yeah, Go to yeah. AmazingRibs.com. I have the 
There's an article about resting there that describes this whole business. All right. Uh, and and, and I, I document all the research, all the tests done by Heston Blumenthal, Kenji lopez all Dr. Blonder, and others. I have connections, links to all of them. All right. Uh, good job there. And, of course, we will see you again in May, and we'll see what's happening then. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And you guys stay safe, stay healthy. All you centralites, uh, um, keep on cooking and uh, uh, stay out of trouble. All right, we'll stay out of trouble. There's Meathead, everybody. Everybody loves Meathead. All right, now, see if I can figure out how to disconnect Meathead. There we go. All right, boom, he's out. I did it. Thank God. So, I would love your feedback, by the way, if you agree, disagree, and or otherwise with Meathead, please... Shoot me your emails, phone calls, and we can chat it up a little bit. If you want to go and check out Meathead's website, you've never been there. I'm sure everybody's been there, I would imagine, at this point. If you're just a fresh fan of the show and you don't have internet, maybe you've never been there. Amazingribs.com. A great resource. Most people go there. Lance Owens, weighing in. Your hair looks much better without all the dye in it. Uh-oh. I never had any dye. Cooking with Big Cat 305 prefers the rest. All right. I've never gone out of my way to rest the steak. But I would agree with Meathead uh, and Kenji Lopez-Alt that I... Take the steak off, hits the plate, get everything on the table, get the sides, get all the kids in, make sure the drinks are poured. Five, seven, eight, maybe ten minutes. But again, nothing set to define a resting time. And then right away, cut into it, we're off. I'll also pull it maybe five degrees from where I think I want it to be if we were going to go right in and eat to allow for a little carry-up so I'm not overcooking as well. I never put a foil over my steaks when I'm ready. Never do that. Never do that. Never do that. Also, if you've ever subscribed to the fact that searing would seal in the juices as you put your meat on the plate and let it do its thing while you're getting everything else on the table ready, the plate is not stark dry, Okay. There's juice all over. So searing does not seal in any juices. If you ever thought about that being the truth, never think about that again. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, there's meat. I hit the wrong thing. Here we go. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated both. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com. Or call 816-945-2232. One thing I never realized, I had a whole big monitor replacement and uh, two, well, I guess all three of them that were, they're like here, you can't see them. They were all on mounts that were C-clamped to the top of the production desk. So I could put my hands on the desk and I have a, a, a rempy habit is... Just to have the leg, right? And uh, when I do that now, you know, you get this camera shaking, camera shaking. I'm not having an earthquake, but now I'm trying to reteach myself to put my hands on my lap so I can bounce the leg, but you are not going to get seasick as the camera continues to go. Sean McCulligan emailing. Alton Brown says to rest that steak, and that dude is all about cooking science, so I'm going with him. Sean also sent me a link, so if you want to have a look at the link that Sean sent me, email me, and I'll forward it over to you. All right, we got a big second hour coming up. First-time guests. Very excited about that. If you want to jump in, you're more than welcome. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you are interested at all in voting for people or nominating people for the Barbecue Hall of Fame, I'm not asking for me. But if you go to barbecuehalloffame.com or if you just go to the American Royal, there'll be a link to the Barbecue Hall of Fame. You can go ahead and submit your nominations, I believe, until the 20th of this month. So we got about a week or so. Emily Park from the American Royal Association was supposed to circle back up with me this week to get me some last-second Hall of Fame stuff. So I'll be sure to disseminate that through the show if it happens or through social media channels as that is given to me. But take the time, do it wisely, and be thoughtful. Don't just give one or two word answers because there are a number of things that you have to answer. You know, they want to have you sell why the person that you are recommending should be in a barbecue and grilling Hall of Fame. Understandable. Again, Barbecue Hall of Fame website is the place you want to go for that. I think the 20th. Let's call it the 20th. It could be completely wrong, but it could be the 20th. All right, we're pointing to the second hour. Go ahead and refresh your libations. And when we get back, I will be talking to you about a number of topics to include what's happening the rest of the week as it relates to the show. I'll be talking to you about a TV show. Then we'll learn about Masterbuilt. Very exciting. Daddy Dutch Barbecue. Do you know what shade of platinum Greg uses? 100% platinum. It's the name of it. 100% platinum. I'm not kidding. 
All right, stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network.